Denver. He's what? He's in Denver. Right. Yeah, yeah. we said that. All right, all right. We got some uh, issues taken care of. <laughs> you guys were getting a unexpected shower right there where we were sitting. So I mean, hey. we, we were we were about to start the interview, and it literally started raining inside the house, and, and <laughs> we didn't know what was happening. <laughs> no, I, 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 hey, nothing better than a little adrenaline to get things going, right? So. Yeah. Happy to we have you. Worked up some worked up some calories going up and down those stairs. Yeah, I know. I saw you going up the stairs a hundred times. So <laughs> I do have my I do have my workout pants on right now. So <laughs> I was all set. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for uh, being here. This is Marketer Brothers, Ricardo Salguero, and where, where, what city are you in? We're in Coconut Creek, Coconut Florida. Creek, Florida. Coconut Creek, Florida. I'm Carlos Salguero here in Denver, Colorado. We're with a very, very special guest today, Joanne, uh, Joanne Roy Young from a foundation called A Spring of Hope, and you're going to tell us all about it and tell us your story and how it got started and, and, and your mission and vision for the future. We're so thankful to have you on our channel, Joanne, and uh, get to know you, me, for the first time. I know Ricardo has been working with you for a little while already, but um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how, how you got started with the foundation, and then we can dive in into more details a little later. Welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. Um, a Spring of Hope was actually started by my daughter when she was 14 years old after a trip to South Africa. Um, I'm gonna give you the short story, otherwise we'll be here for two hours. So the mm. short story is we went there to see the animals, and we were staying at a very, very nice lodge, and I wanted her to see more than, than, you know, than being in that lodge. And, and so we asked the people where we were staying to bring us to a local school. They hired a gentleman and his wife. His wife was an American. He was South African. And they took us to Beretta Primary School to see what rural life was like in, in, in this part of South Africa. And I had traveled a lot. My daughter, um, not so much. I had seen poverty in many parts of the world. But so we went to a, what was a government school and it was a primary school and there were 1400 kids there. This is 2005 and the school, it was, it was very hard for me to go into these classrooms. You had classrooms that were, you know, pretty small and kids, you had maybe a hundred kids in the classroom. It was difficult as a mom to see that. And, but we, you know, there was also a lot of joy to be seen there too. The kids were extremely happy and my 14 year old reminded me of that and said, mom, come back inside. Every time I walked outside, because I was too sad, she mm -hmm. said, come on back in and just see the kids and, and they're happy. And so I did, and we spent the day there. And as we, we, we were with the principal most of the day, and as we were leaving, we looked at their gardens and their gardens were, were just dying. I mean, everything, the tomatoes were drooping, everything. And I'm like, I said to our guide, I said, why don't they just you know water it? And he looked at me and he said, you know, they, they don't have any water. I'm like, water. So I was pretty naive yeah. and I said, well, you know, what happens? And he says, well, the government, they had a big tank and on the side of the tank, it said Jojo. And growing up, my name was, well, my name is Joanne, but growing up, my nickname was Jojo. So it caught okay. my eye. Okay. And I said, so what's the deal with that? And he said, occasionally the government will bring them water. And with that many kids within a day, day and a half, that water is completely gone. Wow. So again, back to the principle, I told you that in the States, when we have um, kids who are in elementary school, we have something called a wish list. And what would happen is the parents would get together and fundraise for whatever the kids needed for that classroom. And so I said to Lynette, the principal, I said, if you could have anything in the world for your 
students, what would you want? And she said, water. Wow. And it was, it was really, you know, it was, it was sad and it was beautiful. I mean, you know, she, she said, that's what she wants. She wants water for her students. So that night we went back to the fancy um, lodge we were staying at. And I'm a Snoopy mom, so my daughter got on, and this is, you know, 2005, so we're talking 14 years ago, and instant messaging. Do you remember that, guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she, got, she got on the computer at, at the lodge, and, and I'm standing behind her, and she typed into one of her friends back in the States. She said, what I saw today will change me for the rest of my life. And I thought, hmm, it's pretty profound for a 14-year-old. So we yeah. went back to the room, and we sat down, and we, we discussed what we saw that, that afternoon. And she said to me, mommy, you know, we need to help those kids. And I said, you know, sweetie, we're 8,000 miles away. You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, exactly what we could do. Yeah. And so, so we kind of left it at that until we got back home. And when we did get back to the States, you know, she had a lot of video at the time, you know, she's 14 and she was very much into video equipment and taking, doing movies with her friends. And that was what she enjoyed. Mm -hmm. so quite a bit of, of footage. And when we got home, we talked with her dad and, and we told him about the conditions we had seen. And we both, we came up with an idea that, okay, why don't you, you're starting freshman year at a private school. You've got all this video footage. Why don't you talk to your friends? Maybe you guys can do some type of fundraising. And we told her, whatever you raise, we'll match it. So in a few months, four months time, actually, she raised $5,000. So my husband and I matched it. Remember the guy we told you about, right? Back in South Africa, the guide, we sent him and his wife 10,000 US dollars. And wow. there was just something about these people, you know, and, and you think, why would you send people you don't know, you know, that kind of money? Well, there was something about them that we thought these are good people and we trusted them. Um, and he, he was kind of an interesting guy because he did what was called water witching or water divining. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys, don't know, no, you guys know, know about this. Is. So that's yeah. basically where you take uh, sticks or some kind of rods and you walk around yeah. the water. I've seen it in the movies. And it, you know, what's really funny yeah. about that, it, it does. Yeah. Because, and, and growing up, I grew up in Massachusetts, and I remember we had a house on the lake. Yeah. And my grandfather, I remember him doing it with two sticks. So I was, I was kind of, you know, but I also, you know, science also, I'm thinking, eh, that probably doesn't work. But nonetheless, he said he would go and divine at the school, and he did. And uh, he couldn't find anything there. He said, there was no water to be had, he said. They had actually drilled there twice, and they couldn't find water. So he, a few, few weeks later, I get an email from him, and he says that he found another spot down the road, and it looks like it's going to be perfect. It's got the right trees. The topography is correct. Everything about it was conducive for a good, a good source of water. Problem was, we didn't know who owned the land. Mm. And this, I love this part of the story. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I don't think anything's a coincidence in life, by the way. Never. So, no, no. Yeah, so, um, so he so he he starts asking around in the village who owns this water, who owns this um, piece of land, and it just happened to be the principal of the school we're trying to help. Oh wow! So he so he tells Lynette, "Hey, I think this is a great place, and you know, Joanne and Brittany want to drill here, and you know, we've got the funding." And and so she actually, I have a piece of paper somewhere, and I'm sure it would not hold up in court of law. But it's basically she deeded over that piece of land to the Beretta Primary School. So long after she's gone, those kids will always have water. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Right. So we drilled. Um, we actually drilled twice there. The first time we drilled, we didn't get quite enough water. Um, and we had to, it had to be piped back almost a quarter of a mile where the school was. It wasn't that close. So we drilled again and we hit, I don't know, I think we were getting something like four, 4,000 liters an hour, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And we piped the water back to the school. And for the first time, we started getting emails. You know, kids were getting drinks. They were out there playing soccer. They ran over, got water. 
Wow. Months later, we start seeing the gardens. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was like total transformation. Yes. And I thought, that's the end of this, right? Yeah, no, not by a long shot. Yeah. That was fun, right? This is great. You know, they got water. You know, we kept our promise. Um, we told them we'd help. We'd do what we could. And we decided, not, not me, my daughter decided that she wanted to go back to South Africa. And I had said to her, you know, no, 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 no. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime trip. People don't go back to South yeah. Africa, yeah. right? It's like you do it once, and, and that's it. You go on safari and all that. So... Um, she did talk me into going back um, a year and a half later, and we took, a, we took some high school kids. And that was the beginning of what we did for the next three years while she was in high school. And even after college, we took some college kids back with us. So for the next six years, we ended up going back to South Africa. And, but, that, but that second trip was important because when we went there, the kids, remember I told you they were all into video, or she was into video, but her friends were into yeah. that. We took a video class from her private school, and they filmed a documentary wow. on the changes of that school. And then when the kids came back, and right where I'm sitting right now, and right where Ricardo's sitting, the kids, we were right here, and the kids decided that they wanted to do another borehole, is what they're called in South Africa, wells. And I said, ew, no way. <laughs> and they talked me into it. I called our, I called our attorney, um, because there's a lot of paperwork that has to be done. So starting a nonprofit is not easy. But um, it can be done, and we thought this was probably the best way to go for us because we were going to ask, you know, people um, for donations, and those people definitely wanted a tax write-off for that. Yeah. So we started the we started the foundation in 2007. Um, we became a nonprofit, a 501c3 in the United States, and I basically didn't do too much. The kids were on the board. We had a board of directors. They were basically kids. We had a couple of um, people who were adults, myself included, that kind of advised the kids. But we were pretty small. The kids would do fundraisers, like you know, um, they, Brittany had a lot of pictures. She sold pictures. They did yeah. bake sales, car washes, things like that. And then I think it was 2010, so about three years after the foundation was started, Brittany wrote a letter to the local Rotary Club here, Rotary yeah. Fort Lauderdale. And told them about her project. And Rotary back then was just beginning to get into water projects, uh, what they ended up calling WASH, which is water and sanitation and hygiene. It's big on Rotary's list. So that was just happening with them. And they really, you know, were interested in what we were doing on a, you know, on a local level here, on a grass, grassroots level in South Africa. And they invited her to come speak. And she was, I think she was 15 or 15 and a half at the time. She wow. went to the Rotary and just, she was just... Blew us, you know, just blew them away wow. telling the story. And uh, they said, we're going to give you all our money from now on. <laughs> and over the years, over the years, they've given us well over $100,000 for projects that you know, wow. we've done with them. And in fact, right now, one of the reasons I'm back in South Florida is I'm with Ro uh, Boca Raton Rotary, and we're writing a global grant for $100,000 to do some sanitation and one borehole project. Wow. So, so, so what happened with the Spring of Hope is after, so we, we went there year after year and we just kind of get, started getting larger and larger. And then we started branching out. The schools would then, we noticed the schools would all help each other. So if one had knowledge of something, they would bring in the other ones. And mostly it was gardening. So, so gardening was a certainly a really um, interesting outtake of, you know, what we're doing with the water, you know, absolutely. Let's grow, let's grow some vegetables. And the gardens in some of these schools were incredible. Wow. And, and then once that started happening, we looked at sanitation. So Spring of Hope today um, in 2000, 
2019, 2019, has 50 schools. We've, we've, we've drilled, we've helped 50 schools, which you know, we've grown considerably, but we've branched out and we not only do wells, we do permaculture gardening, and we also do waterless sanitation. So we, we partner with a company called Enviroloo, and we put in toilets that do not require water. Wow. So yeah, so we've really we've really grown over the years. Um, you know, I met Ricardo last year. Last year at the fundraiser for uh, yeah. yeah. So um, so we we have a, a mutual friend, Charmaine uh, Johnson. She's an amazing lady, and she owns a, a dentistry office called Premier Smile Center, and. Um, she, she's my dentist, so uh, my kids go to the same school as her, and she invited me to this fundraiser, and to be honest, I, I blew her off the first couple of years, you know, <laughs> of another fundraiser, you yeah, know. Yeah, here we so, go again. Here yeah. we go again, and, and, right. and you know, finally, I, I, I gave in, I came in, and, and Chad, your husband, was right. there last, and, year. Uh, last yeah. year, and so he, he told us his story and everything, and, and to be honest, I was, I was moved, you know, and I, I approached Chad after, after, the, after the, his speech, and I told him, listen, I want to help. I want to help, but I want to help in whatever and whatever I can, you know, so we met, we, we spoke to each other, um, I'm into fitness, so I, I started by creating a sit-up challenge for oh, Water, right. for water Day, yeah. so in May, uh, for our audience, get ready because in March we're we're doing another sit up challenge and we're gonna raise another. We we were fortunate enough that we were able to raise seven thousand yeah. dollars through a sit up challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, people were just committing and paying twenty dollars to 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 do a um, to actually do a hundred sit ups a day, mm -hmm. and um, and basically we were able. It was successful. We spoke and we've been working together ever since. Mm -hmm. And um, through our efforts, we were able to actually triple the amount of uh, donations we got in this year's fundraiser. Yeah, what did, you what, did you, what did you raise this year? This year was 40 grand. Nice. 40 grand. So, Thank so, you. Yeah, no, no really, problem. No problem. So we, it, was, it was awesome. And, and I want to do more. I want to do more. So as soon as we started this project with you, I thought, you know, we got to get Spring of Hope's word out there. We got to get more people involved and more people donating, helping. I mean, anything counts. Anything and, counts. And and you know, I love what you guys are doing. You know, you're, you've taken your your skills and your knowledge, and that's 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 it. Share the knowledge. And Lynette, the principal from Breda School, that's yeah. basically her motto: share the knowledge. So if we know something, it's not it's not important to us anymore. We already know it. Mm -hmm. Is to give that to someone else, and, and and you guys being an entrepreneurs and giving that knowledge of other people to how to start a business. Um, you know, I, I talk to other smaller nonprofits and we are now, and, and there's actually a girl I, I met a few years ago. I, I never actually met her. I talked to her on the phone. Um, and she has a water project, water wells in Uganda. And she called me and she's like struggling with, you know, getting funding. And I said, I trust me, I know how difficult it is. Oh, yes. uh, it's yes. really tough. And I said, but you know, you go there so much. I said, why don't you do this? And I did this the first years. I, did a little gala and I went, I was in Washington DC and I went to the embassy. I went to the South African embassy and I'm like, these ambassadors, that's what they do. They just schmooze with people. That's their job. Yeah. I went there and I told them a little bit of Spring of Hope. This is, uh, just, let's see, when did I do the first one? 2004, so five years ago. Okay. Five years ago I went there and, and I said to him, I said, so I'm a water charity. I told, told my story, like I just told you what happened from our visit there. And I said, so we're going to do a little gala in Boca Raton. You know, do you think you could come down? And, and, and he said, sure. And so right. we put him in for the day, spent the night. He went to our gala. We raised $100,000. He, he was a really cool guy. His story was um, he had been in prison with Nelson Mandela. So wow. that was awesome. Yeah. And then the following year, I did gala number two. 
In gala number two, I had some contacts. I'd been going to South Africa for many years and I had a friend who knew, who knew somebody and they were good friends with Maki Mandela, who is Nelson Mandela's oldest daughter. Mm. And we invited her. Um, I learned from this, okay? I, so, so the thing was, wow, this is gonna be cool. I got Maki Mandela coming. I think I'm gonna sell tons of tickets, right? Well, if I had to do that gala all over again, I would have either put it in Miami or I would have probably wanted to do it in New York City. Mm-hmm. Boca Raton was not the, the venue that was buying those tickets. People came, we did, a, again, another $100,000 in, 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 um, in donations, but those were mostly friends that bought tables regardless who was speaking. Um, yeah. But it was really cool. I, I mean, I'm friends with her now, and it's, you know, it's really great to, to have met her and heard her story you know, about her dad. So, so that, was, that was pretty good. Um, but what changed for us, and this, again, is let's talk, let's talk business, because really, um, any, any kind of charity is business. Yes. You know, really a business, and you need to run it like a business. I, in the beginning, was not really hands-on with it. I let the kids do it because it was their thing. Once my daughter went off to um, undergraduate, to college, I took it over, and you know, I did the galas because I thought this is a good way to, to raise money, and I absolutely hated every moment of it. <laughs> not my thing. I'd much rather have my sneakers on and my workout pants. <laughs> wearing the gowns and shoes and with people. I really hate asking people for money. Hate it. Yeah. So, um, so we did the two galas. And then while we were doing the galas, I met a really cool guy. His name is Neil Sapper. And he's with Sapper Auction mm-hmm. House here in Boca Raton. And he, him and I talked. And, you know, everybody has, you know, different auction items. And, of course, one of them we had was a trip to South Africa. And, again, <laughs> context there, I was able to put together a, a trip. But also during that time, I had also purchased a home in South Africa and not knowing what I was going to do with this home or lodge, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a game reserve with all the wild animals. Neil and I talked about it and he said, you know, perhaps what we do with it is maybe auction it off. Mm. I thought, okay. So the first year we did and, and, you know, in baby steps and lots of mistakes, right? Because mm-hmm. you learn, right? That's, how you learn. That's right. How you learn successful businesses probably the most successful businesses on this they make a lot of mistakes because okay. they learn from those mistakes on how to do it right yes anyway so we started we started donating what i did is i would donate i bought the house i donated it to spring of hope and then a spring of hope would partner with say boys and girls club in in fort lauderdale or the ymca south florida is is has more charitable events i think than anywhere in the world palm beach county i think mm-hmm. there's a charitable event every day of the week i swear wow. Lots of different, whether they're saving cats or dogs or kids or whatever the cause could be, there's, they're, they're here in South Florida. And Neil is a part of that whole, you know, that whole group. Cool, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So, so anyway, so we started with the first year and we, we made lots of mistakes with the package. I, I had it for two people. Um, I didn't have a chef there, but, you know, we sort of gave them breakfast. Maybe it was a little bed and breakfast thing. We didn't know. And then the following year, we did it again, and people started asking us, can we have a chef? And I, I didn't know. I'm like, mm, okay. so I, I call my friends in South Africa, and I get this woman, and she's Indian, right? And all she yeah. makes is curry. So you get curry for <laughs> breakfast, curry for lunch. <laughs> and like, oh, this isn't going to work. So then the following year, we sold a few more. And I actually hired a chef. I went on to like Indeed. I think I went on Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hired this kid, and, he, and, he, and he's a really nice kid. He seemed like a nice kid. And, and people came back and said, you know, food was good. You know, he, he was a nice kid, except there was, it wasn't. He, he had some issues, and I'm not going to get into that, and I had to let him go. So I, I then the, the next time I said, you know, chefs, this is tough. Because without a good chef, I, I really don't have much. So I went to an agency in Cape Town. 
and um, they actually are a catering company, and then they have this side business that is um, hiring chefs. And a lot of the work, a lot of the people they hire go go into like Dubai, into you know, into that area of the of the world, and um, and so they're, they're very very high end chefs. And we ended up hiring this one guy, and he was great. And all the guests come back, oh, we love this guy, and he was there maybe two months. Nice. Calls me and he gets, he says, and I'm sitting on the beach in Florida, by the way. I'm on the beach, I'm like relaxing, everything's good. I get a phone call and he says, I'm really, I really didn't want to make this call. You know, I love a spring of hope. I love what you're doing. He said, but I got an offer in, and he was going to Nigeria and they offered him like $85,000 a year. I couldn't pay $85,000 a year to be shot. Right. I said, I completely understand. I went back to that agency. And the reason I used the agency, I got smart that time, was because something like this might happen. And so in the contract with them, I said, what happens if my chef just leaves one day? I can't run over there to cook. Mm -hmm. uh, and they said, we'll get a chef right in there. We'll fly him in from Cape Town. Don't worry. And that's exactly what happened. He gave us basically a week and a half notice. They flew in some relief chefs. And then we started interviewing again. We found this great woman. I said, I had two men chefs, nothing against you guys, right? Yeah. Nothing against yeah. me. <laughs> Love men. But I had two men that were chefs. I so I told, I told the recruiter, I said, I want a woman this time. And, um, and she said, okay. And she found this girl in, she was in Uganda and she had worked with her for many, many, many years. And she was up there working with, with a um, big lodge up there, but the lodge was also tied to some environmental non-charity. And, and she got to go in the village all the time and, and be with the children. And when she contacted us, she said, the main thing was, she says, I love what you do. Not about the hospitality business, but about the charity. Yes. She's been with us now. Um, her name is Liesl. And Liesl is an uh, absolutely fantastic cook. She's an artist. She's an artist with her food. You don't want to eat it. You look at it and go, I'm not touching that. <laughs> so gorgeous. I, I, you know. People that are listening right now, they need to go to the website of uh, Tulani and and see the resort and right. see the house and Where's see the man? pictures of the food. I was looking at the pictures of the food and I'm I'm getting hungry here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. So so we so so what happened with that is as as we're going into year four now, we've been we we sell about a hundred packages a year. So what happens is so my business model for that was so there's a donation that goes to a spring of hope, not to me, directly to a spring of hope from that foundation. So let's just say they sell the package. It's a $10,000. The least it's gone for in all the years we've been doing it is 8,000. Wow. So of that 8,000, a spring of hope at this, at, for this year is taking 3,500. So whatever's left over goes to that charity. They don't have to do anything for that. It's just, you know, it's just donation to them. It has gone for as much as $25,000. Uh, it, it's incredible. And, and Neil doesn't sell usually one package. He'll, he'll sell three, four, Multiples. about a month ago, he was in Indiana at a new charity up there. It's called premier arts and they sold six packages. And they, wow. they're oh, just, yeah, Neil. they're just thrilled. Neil's amazing. Neil's yeah, amazing. Neil he, is, he can sell, I mean, anything. he can <laughs> so, sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, and we always say, he doesn't sell it. He actually buys it himself. It's, he it's, does. it's so yeah. funny. He's like, <laughs> he's selling it. He's like, no, 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 no bitters. And his right. wife is like, sold. <laughs> like, yeah, he I'm like, who bought that? She goes, I wanted to go. She says, they bought a thing for Key West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The function you were yep. doing. Yeah, it was really great. So, we're going to move over here because the, yeah. the sun is in, in her it's face. Getting, and it, yeah, it started getting outside. Yeah. No, that's, that, 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 that's so amazing, Joanne. It's fascinating to listen to the story 
because you know from from one trip one experience your right. daughter gets this passion and this this inspiration that then carries over to you uh you give her the support and 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 what, what i think it's amazing uh, you know ricardo and i come from ecuador which is a third world country and we've seen poverty ourselves um since we were uh, little i mean we were fortunate to grow up in a family where our parents worked really hard and gave us a great life but we, yeah 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 uh, over there but you know we, we've seen it so we, that having that perspective so your daughter travels to south africa with you in in one trip gets that that perspective right and, and of course her heart is calling her to um go and provide something that we all take for granted every day right running water right. it's like drinking water and, and and even water for plants you know that's that's something that doesn't even cross our mind no we just yeah. go turn the faucet on and it's there and yes. it's like electricity the same thing and we flip the switch and exactly and, and, and we don't realize that so much of the world does not have these yeah, and, 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 and I can tell water follows you because you, you almost took a shower from your AC <laughs> unit uh, <laughs> right now before we started. He asked for a drink of water. <laughs> a drink of water. No, no, I, I literally asked for a drink of water and, jo and Joanne went to the kitchen and all of a sudden I, I, I see all this water the coming ceiling, on top of me and I'm like, ceiling is, opened she, up. is she throwing water at me? Is that what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> so that air conditioner started leaking and right. <laughs> That's why we were late. It's, a, it's yeah. a South Florida thing. People that don't know South Florida is really, really hot here all oh, the yeah. time. And we yeah. just run our air conditioners and yeah, they blow up every now and then. So you know, I bet. So what I was going is like, you know, you were in a position to help. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that that is important so to people know because, you know, I think uh, we get to a point in our lives and Ricardo and I are, are, are here now where we've, you know, we spent 20 plus, maybe 30 since we were kids and started businesses. And now we're in a, in a place in our lives where we're going to start giving back and giving back in a huge way um, alongside with our business venture. So, you know, uh, you were telling me a little bit earlier before we started the interview about uh, you and your husband starting a business as well. Can, can you share that a, li a little bit of that? Because I think that puts you in a position that you could run with this and make it a reality. And without, and without you know, yeah, without our, our business back. When we started, I'm going to get move over a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, like keeps, keeps getting it, the sun keeps here. moving on yes. us. Right there. So yeah, back in the late '70s, um, my husband's background was he was working for a um, office supply company, and he came home one day and he said, "I'm going to start my own business." And I said, "Okay, what you going to do?" And he said, "I'm going to sell typewriter ribbons." And I'm like. Uh -huh. Okay. And I go, is there like a big market for that? But he says, yeah, there is actually. He said, and, and um, so I'm going to, I think I'm, that's what I want to do. And he said, how much money do you have? And I said, I, I don't know, I have a couple thousand maybe in the bank. So he wanted to borrow the money. And we were, we, at the time we were just living together. We were not married yet. And uh, so he said, can I borrow the money? And like all my friends are like, you're crazy giving them your money. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, we just, we laugh about it now. Like it's probably one of my best investments. Um, so yes, yeah, so I let him borrow the money and he started the business and yes, that's what we sold. We sold typewriter ribbons. So back then it was the Selectric um, typewriters and they had these, not only ribbons that we sell and they were different colors. We sold this thing. And unless, you know, unless you're, let's see how old I mean, you guys are. Oh, you know, we don't remember. The ones that, remember? that had okay. the ball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they had the ball spin, and the ball would flip around and then you had this yellow, yellow thing. 
would stick yep. in there and it would, it would be, it was correction tape. It was a racer, it would yeah. Pull, yeah. It was a racer. Yep, it would yep. pull the mistakes off, you know, it was, and, and yep. so that's what we sold. And, and we, and that's the business we started in 1979. And by the, about 1980, what happened was word processors were coming out. And so information back then was being stored on these big floppy disks. Do you guys oh, remember yeah, the, the big ones, yeah. They were big, they were huge. Yeah. And really the people had had this were, you know, um, big law firms and what that they had these secretaries and they would put all this information. And then after that, what happened is those big floppy disks as, as technology um, increased, um, they got smaller and smaller. And there was something called um, floppy disks, which were, uh, I think they were five, they were called five and a quarter. And then mm -hmm. three and a half inch were the rigid little yep. plastic rigid ones. And that was our business. And we became, we became like the largest uh, supplier of floppy disks in the U.S. Wow. And how that all happened was, you know, obviously lots of hard work, but also luck. So, yeah. you know, anybody, and you guys know this as entrepreneurs, timing is everything. Timing. Oh, yeah. So and patience. And, the and patience. patience. Oh, yeah. And we, I, had, I had no patience. Thank God my husband had patience because I, I was... I was like, oh, you know, can we move? Can we move? We were in this really crappy place. And I'm like, can we just like get maybe, you know, another apartment? Do we have any money now? And he's like, no, all the money went back into the business. Mm -hmm. In fact, I started the business with him. We worked together and we couldn't pay the rent. So somebody had to go get a job. And because we wanted to give it a chance, we didn't, you know, we, we always thought, worst, here's the worst case. And I can give this advice to people. If you can do it and you're young enough to do it and you, we didn't have children yet, nothing. We just had each other. If you can do it, go ahead and try it. Because the absolute worst that happens is you fail. But yeah. even if you fail, you gain knowledge yeah. from that failure. Yeah. So, and you go and do something else. So we, st we stayed with it, obviously. Um, and, and the business started growing. And it, it went into different avenues from the floppy disks and, and you know, um, what was the other things that started going? I actually retired when I was 30. Nice. <laughs> we had a retirement party for me. It was really nice. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm going to back up a little because what I was saying was so, so in the beginning, the early stages, we didn't have any, the, the business struggled. Yes. And, um, you know, we, I had to go get a job. Somebody had to go to work because we had to pay the rent. So that's what I did. And um, yeah, we're going to, it's, yeah, it's getting, you, you know, why, why don't we, do you want to go over there? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah, right. we're, gonna, we're moving. We're moving. We're moving. In a little bit. Better? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Is it worse? Is it no, no, no. It, it, it's good. The sun's behind you, but that's fine. The sun's behind us. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, so yeah. So I went and got a job. I worked for Philip Morris Tobacco Company. I sold cigarettes. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is like the early '80s, and we did this. I did this for a while. I think I did it for about a year and a half, and then I went back to work with him. And um, and the business kept growing, and you know, like I said, branching out into different things depending on what technology was doing. But we were my my husband would say it was a toilet paper business because huh. you would use it up, right? Yeah. And you have to buy it again. So consumables. We weren't in the hardware business because yeah. once you bought that computer, or whatever you had that for years. Yeah. But once you bought that diskette or that or that printer ribbon, we were also very big into laser printers. Mm -hmm. So once you bought that, you used it. You had to go buy it again. Yeah. So continually you know having and then and then we branched out and we started franchising oh nice yeah so we had i think in the heyday i think we had something like 16 franchises nice and then um we did have a partner we did have a small shareholder partner that was with us um and he he actually did the catalog we did a catalog back then that we mailed out so so back then you would buy lists and you know, nowadays we do everything online, but back then you would buy a list 
of let's just say attorneys yeah and you would then send your catalog out to them and we did that with this one partner of ours and that became more of our business we became a you know a mail mail order business more or less yeah. right because we shipped our product everywhere yeah that, 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 that was, became huge for, for a long time that yeah was, it was, was it was it sell. was really big for a long long time that's, yeah. you know and that's it, it was it was a, it was the internet of those days if you think about it yeah i, right? I mean i rem i remember like the first um you know the first like aol and and prodigy do you remember prodigy oh, you guys yeah, remember i remember that, that. You, know, yeah. you know my 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 first job when i when i actually came to to the united states when i was when i was 17 actually the first job i ever got was a telemarketing company uh -huh. and uh, and i i started it and then and then i became uh, trained for catalogs Okay. Uh, and 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 I was the guy, you know, with an accent and everything. Right. <laughs> uh, and I would remember having the headset, getting in a right. computer, and it would beep, and it was like, "Thank you for calling Nordstrom Catalog, whatever." <laughs> and it would come to order, and you had to go look at the right. little things, and and we would take Place orders together, and that was right. huge. That, and then that just was... and then yeah, and then orders would get fulfilled and shipped out UPS. Yeah. And yep, that's how it works. No, and, and and John, here's here's something interesting. I don't know if Ricardo has told you this, but one of my when my dad decided to start his business. Mm -hmm. He was a salesman right. for NCR. He did right? yeah. And, 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 one, and one of my memories, one of my memories from those days, I was, I was still very young, is they would bring home all these little wet naps. Okay? These little wet napkins that you open and they smell, they smell amazing. Okay? <laughs> you, you open them, they smell amazing. And, and that's what they used to use to clean the ink. From people's fingers when they would replace those those cartridges and those ribbons. Cartridges, right? yep. yep. And so, then that became another business for somebody, by the way. Those cartridges, they, they became refillable, those ink cartridges. So yeah. some people talk up and started a new business just refilling those. Instead of buying new ones, you could get them refilled. So yeah. that, was, that was really smart of somebody. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. To, to do that. No, that's right. That's yeah. So so actually I, I wanna go back to, to where we where we were talking before, you know, that the that because you know you you were successful in business and then you had that this 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 drive to to serve you know to 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 give back to others and and we were actually talking right when when i came mm -hmm. in about the same and it all comes from our parents you it know our, our parents uh, our our father i remember you know we were just talking about this that that remember carlos our father uh, in christmas time we would we would make these baskets uh rice and beans and 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 different and different canned goods and he would drive us all over the country remember he would drive us to our farm and everything and and we would stop in little towns and and give and, give, and give it out to different families and stuff for christmas and 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 you know remembering that you know we that it's it's not what they tell us right it's what they do uh, our parents, yes. and that's what we follow and and, yeah. and joanne was we were talking that her parents do the same thing you you were saying about yeah. santa yeah my dad my, my 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 parents were factory workers I, I grew up in massachusetts and you know i did not have any money parents were you know but um they worked for a company and at, at christmas time they had something called the santa fund and I, my dad was kind of like head of the santa fund yeah you yep. can't close those unfortunately oh, yeah. no um, right. We might be better off going back over there. Let's go back over there. <laughs> we, Let's just move. We are, we are, we are, we are, are fighting moving. the sun. We are moving again. <laughs> oh, much better. Yeah, we look that, so much better. Yeah, yeah, not that. in that, not <laughs> that bright light. You're, so, fighting, you're fighting the elements today. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad. So my dad was the head of the Santa Fund. So the employees would put money together over the year, and then my dad would take that funding and he would go buy toys. And I remember being with my dad on Christmas Eve. 
going to what we consider the it's an interesting thing about it because my parents didn't have any money, but poor people's homes because everything's relative, right? Yeah. So these these were kind of more of the rural homes. Um, I remember going and looking and porches were falling down and roofs were caving in. And my dad would, would bring the presents for the children and I would go along with him. And I remember thinking how happy these kids are going to be, you know, come Christmas tomorrow morning because there's gifts out there on the front porch. Yes. And, and, and you know, and that really... I guess, I mean, at the time, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking this is nice and, and these kids are gonna be happy, I'm eight years old. But you know, years later, when I'm, when I'm in South Africa and, and I, I saw what I saw about the water crisis there and then I came back to this and I am so privileged and so blessed in my life, mm -hmm. I just couldn't come back here and do nothing. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't live with myself. Yeah. I still, feel, I, for years, I felt extremely guilty about coming back to, to South Florida and living the life I had thinking, why was I so lucky? Right. I could have been, I could have been born over there and I could be walking five miles a day to get water, but I was lucky that I was born in the U S my husband, you know, we, we had the freedoms here to, to have a business to, you know, to work hard and all, but still why me? And right. again, for, for many years, I'd come back after spending like a month or two there and I was not okay for a while. And I finally had to make peace with myself. Right. What was that? All right, somebody's calling. <laughs> Some, somebody was getting on our live and probably so, pushed the call button. Yeah, <laughs> so how I did that is, as I did, I kind of made peace with myself and I said, you can be miserable, you know, every time you come back here and feel really bad about it or just be grateful. And, and do something and, about and, it, and which do is, something. Well, I was getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so be grateful for what you have and my advice to anyone, you know, out there who, who does, who does any of this? And I tell the kids, and for a long time, I would tell the children, I would tell the kids, I said, listen, first of all, you don't need a lot of money um, to help someone else. It can be as simple as you're at the bus stop and you're sitting there waiting for the bus or whatever, and there's a guy sitting next to you and he's homeless. Or he's, just acknowledge that person. Mm -hmm. Tell that person hello. Tell that, tell that woman, that woman walking across the street with that basket of, of, of groceries that walk over to her and ask her if you can help her yes. and carry that groceries or offer your seat on a bus. Offer, just human kindness. We all can do that for each other. It doesn't cost a thing. Yes. And that's what I believe when people say, what is your, what is anybody's purpose in life? You know what our purpose in life is, is to help each other to have a better life. Yeah. And if you're blessed with whatever those, maybe, maybe you're blessed with a great singing voice. And so you sing to make people happy or you're blessed because you've had a good business. And, and so you can give back in many ways. People, and or with nothing, you have nothing, but you give back with your kindness to another human being. Yeah, yeah. It, it's no, I have a friend that has a, a nonprofit that he helps uh, um, inner city kids. Mm -hmm. And, and his, his slogan is, uh, no matter how little you have, you have something to give. You know, Perfect. And, and, yeah. that, and, that's, and that's his motto. And, and that's exactly right. I mean, empathy is free. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. kindness is free. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a big check. It doesn't, it doesn't have, have to be, to be exactly. any money, money at all. Money doesn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. Or, or even offer your time. Exactly. Right. Offer, offer a little what bit you of guys do. What you guys are doing right now, offering your time and your expertise and your knowledge to yeah. others who want to start a business. No. You guys have been there. You know the pitfalls. You know some of those mistakes. And you can share that with someone now so, we, so they don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. yeah. No, John, I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for caring, number one, for being here with us today and sharing your story, sharing your, your business story. Uh, you've given us some key principles along 
this interview that I think a lot of people out there uh, that are getting started or already in business or very successful can take take away. And, and I think the reason you and your husband had success because you believe in those things. You believe in treating people right. You believe in being nice. You believe in failing uh, to learn. You believe in trying again. And you believe in, t in, in sacrificing because you've told us about the sacrifices you had to make along the way to, to be successful. So, you know, uh, every single part of this interview has been filled with, with golden nuggets that you've kind of dropped along the way. And, uh, and it's amazing that now uh, this foundation that you started with your daughter, it's, it's, it's a living entity. You know, it's, 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 it's grown. grown it's, it's grown its own legs, so to speak. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, and we're going to continue to, to help and, and, and push because it's, it's such a beautiful cause. And yeah, well, well, uh, one thing I, I'd like just to, to finish up, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you about is, mm -hmm. is, is, is bring a hope in the present, you know, um, um, I know you're building a permaculture center, yes. um, you know, and uh, the Enviralu, mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, I see, I see an amazing video. I mean, go to, go to spring of hope, go to their Facebook page and you see the progress of the permaculture center, but just talk very quickly about, about, what is the permaculture center and what, what is the goal for, with that permaculture center? Okay, so what we found was, and I told you this in the beginning also, when we, when we put the water in, gardens were just kind of a natural you know, thing to go into with mm -hmm. it. And so permaculture basically is, it's organic gardening and it's it, it, permaculture meaning that what is, what is in that, that particular area that you live. So for example, if you're in an area that doesn't get much water, you're not going to grow vegetables that require a lot of water. So permaculture is basically using the land for what that land can be useful for. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so the permaculture center that we just, we started building and I, I wish we had a little video we could show of it because it is just really cool. We'll, but we'll if you go to, it. yeah, we'll you'll post, post it on, yeah. We, have, we have it on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. We have, so spring of hope has a a spring of hope, not spring of hope. And it's really important Put the a, in. a spring of hope has a Facebook page and we posted some really cool pictures of this and what we're doing there, we're building it something we're doing rammed earth and i don't know if anybody's familiar with rammed earth but what we're taking is the sand that's already there on the property that we got and we're making the walls out of it mm. actually what they do is they take the sand and they mix it with kind of a polymer to hold it together and they put it through these big you guys think this is cool put through these big steel panels and they push it together and it makes the walls and what's cool about the rammed earth is in the summertime, it keeps it cool. And in the wintertime, it keeps it warm. So we don't need air conditioning. We don't need heaters. The buildings will, will basically regulate their own temperatures. The, the, the walls of the indigenous people in Ecuador are made with that. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, in fact, just a fun fact, in downtown Quito, which is the, the capital, the older homes, the oldest homes, the walls are literally like you know a meter thick which is rammed dirt with mud you know right. so that's very cool so so the center itself will be spring of hope headquarters there's really three buildings there uh, the building we just completed is an outdoor classroom again done in ram tech and what happens there is we hold we do we do four permaculture classes a year um, we invite all our schools and we invite also the community right now the other thing that branched out from us is home gardens so we have a really great guy. His name is Trigiv. 
And Trigiv has, people, our guests have called him an angel on earth, and he truly is. And this guy, I wish, I wish he was here. So we'll do this again. You know what we'll do? We'll do this again when I'm in South Africa next July. Yes, please. You're going to interview Trigiv. You've got, you've got, yeah. And we'll bring Lynette in too. Yep. And we'll do this again, and you'll hear their stories. Anyway, so Trigiv, Trigiv is our permaculture educator. Oh, and Lynette, so Lynette, that principal of that first school that gave up that land for, she also works with a Spring of Hope now. She ended up hiring a couple years ago, and she runs our permaculture center. So we're still in the building phase. We should be done in the next couple of months. And so our offices will be held there, and these classes will be held there. We, like I said, we do four classes a year in that outdoor classroom. Our indoor, so our, our building, that, the main building, what we're going to do there is we've been partnering with Junior Achievement, and we're doing these, and you guys are going to love this. We're doing entrepreneurial classes for kids. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Love yeah. it. So we've been doing it now at a, at a um, high school and at a primary school, and we just had our first kind of graduating class. The kids in the primary school went into the high school to do this. And we contacted Junior Achievement because we're one of my board members and I are affiliated with them here in, in Coconut Creek. Mm -hmm. They have um, their offices here. And um, so we knew about them and we knew the program. And, and the program is really cool because it does teach kids life skills. So yeah. it teaches kids, you know, you, you, you got to go to work, you get a paycheck, and now you got to pay your bills. So, and most kids don't know that. I know when my daughter went off to college, she didn't even know how to write a check. Right. You know, really? I mean, like, we don't teach that to our kids. It's like, yeah. We so, like, Trust me, when it, when a we mortgage, went, mom. When we, went, when we went to college, or I went to college, came to, came to Mexico first, and then came to the U.S. the year after, I was clueless. I didn't know how to do my laundry. Right? I, I didn't know how to wash dishes. I didn't know any of this. So I'm like, you know, the, the hardest year of my life probably was the year that I left mom, right? The year that I left living at home and having things done for me, but... In retrospective, it was the best year as well because it allowed me to fly the coop and spread my wings and do things on my own. Yeah. Yep. And, and nowadays, cool. I think that's a big thing that, that that's lacking from from you know parenting and, mm -hmm. and kids that that we're not letting our kids no. fly. You know, we we're 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 even as as adults, we're we're still helping them and giving them things yep. and 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 especially. Wealthy families, you know, buying them a BMW and this, and and it does it, it it completely takes out their perspective, their their even mm -hmm. their self esteem many times, you know, mm -hmm. with, the, with all these things on the news about people paying coaches to the the bribing coaches oh, right, to right, right. college, right, 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 yeah, paying yeah. to get your kids into think, a decent college. Think about or, what you what yeah, you're yeah, affecting exactly. to your kids, well, like how, you know, how and that hurting. was and, and as you say that, that's interesting because I think back to that 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 you know that first trip when we came back home. You know, I thought about it, like, what if Brittany wanted to do this, you know, well project? And I thought, you know, I could just write that check for 10000 That was nothing for me back then, right? Mm -hmm. What if I teach my daughter that mommy has money and she can buy whatever she wants? That was not the lesson I wanted her to learn. Yeah. And, and it was not, and, and, and again, as the Spring of Hope started growing, the kids ran it. I wanted them to, to understand that nothing comes easy in life. Yeah. Anything worthwhile is work. Yeah. And, and I wanted her, and I think she, I think she did learn that early on. She's actually, so I'm going to say she's actually now, um, she's a student, she's a PhD student at Berkeley. Nice. Um, yeah. And she, um, her, her, uh, project is in Ethiopia. So yeah, uh -huh. that, that, that happened through South Africa. And, sure. and Ricardo has told me a little bit about the project. You want to share with us what her the project, project is? 
Yeah. Yes, and I don't know. You know, maybe one day you'll interview her on her project. We'd love to. Yeah, yeah. you should because it's, it's. Yeah, I think I think we'll talk to her about that because mm-hmm. that would be great. So, and what she's doing there is she's she's been going there now for I think it's now four years in a row, and um, it's a tough it's a, it's a tough place to be. Ethiopia is a tough country. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's not South Africa by no means. Um, but her passion is there, and her project is about. And I don't know enough, and I'm going to sound really, you know, hopefully. I'm not saying it wrong, but it, she's she's working with the kids that are, um, you know, the tech industry there, and uh, startups, you know, tech startups there. Yeah. And you know, and they they also have, you know, a lot of these a lot of these kids are also, you know, they have people that they're talking to in Silicon Valley, you know, getting some advice and things there. So she's she's and it's in the agricultural sector too, hmm. because most of Ethiopia is you know, most of their industry is agriculture. So um, it, it's really kind of cool. I think something like 60% of the population of Ethiopia is under the age of 45. And I think that was probably from the famine in the 80s. Yeah. You know, a lot of young people there and, and a, a very interesting country. I, I was there a few years ago and, I, and I'm, I'm going to go back. Wow. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, well, I'm not, not going to say much about it because maybe she'll come on with you guys one day yeah. and tell you, I think she, and she's a, she, she'd probably love to tell you all about her project there. No, I would love to enter yeah. here. Hey, John, I want to thank you because thank this you. is amazing. And uh, I know that a lot of people are going to watch this and love, love the foundation, the mission, the vision, the, 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 the goals that you have. And I mean, for, for nonprofits that watch this and learn, you know, oh. your, your journey and what you've done in, the, in, in, in your business acumen. I mean, what, what you've shared with us has added value to me. And, uh, and I want to thank you for that. Um, just, just as a goodbye, what would you, what would you give uh, as advice? To okay, well, that's what I was just going to say. So, if you have, if there's people out there and they're listening to this and they do want to start a nonprofit and they have a passion in their heart, and and they want to do something, and I, I'd be more than happy to talk to them about how to start a nonprofit and thank you. you know, hopefully avoid some of the pitfalls you know that I did, you know, when we started out. But and, I, and the other thing advice as I say to people is. Um, you know, if you can find something you love to do and somebody actually pays you to do it, boy, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Don't need a, and you don't need a lot of money. You follow know, your you passion. Just, you know, follow your passion. passion. Yeah. So, so yeah. people can yeah. take and, that in. And to, to say goodbye, you know, Joanne, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I, I want to thank you because you've given me way more that I've given you. No, I don't you think know? so. No, you're wrong. You're it's, wrong. Uh, it, it fills my heart. You know, sometimes yeah. actually somebody, somebody came to me after, after the fundraiser and, yeah. and told me, you know, my heart is full, you know, thank you. And, and, oh, and, and, and just the fact that, 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 that means so much to people. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it all comes from the heart and it comes from, from love and, and just being able to contribute to, to such a good cause, you know. I've told you before. I'm I'm gonna earn my way to right. South Africa to see this. <laughs> he's gonna come. Schools, yeah, you know? he's coming. And uh, he's and coming. Uh, and and I'm Thank I'm you. gonna keep I'm Thank gonna you. keep committing Thank to you. it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sending you a virtual hug from here too. <laughs> a virtual hug to you. And, 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 Thank you. And hopefully, I can give you one person very soon. Let's do this every week. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hey, thanks so much. Thank Blessing you your way and. Uh, this has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Have a wonderful day. All right. You too. Go, go fix that water thing now. Yeah, we're <laughs>